G'day, and welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I am your host, Chris Desmond, and this is a show where I chat with awesome people who are doing fascinating things, who inspire me, and hopefully you guys to get out of our comfort zones. Um, And we dig down and find the strategies that help them deal with the uncomfortable. Today's guest is Perry Newburn. Uh, That name may not be familiar to a lot of you. It'll be familiar to some. Uh, That's because Perry is a a pretty unassuming guy, Uh, but he's also a pretty inspirational guy. Perry has an interesting story. Um, so he, as a kid, he was very shy. He lacked a lot of confidence. Um, as he grew up, he started having problems with alcohol and then had a 16-year struggle with heroin. Today we have a bit of a chat about how he came out of that um, and about rebuilding himself afterwards and the role that running played in that. So... The reason that some of you may have heard of Perry, uh, other than his recovery, is because of his achievements in running. So he started out, like like most people do, uh, running short distances, just kind of getting his body into it, um, and then slowly started to bite off more and more uh, as he became better able and as he uh, kind of pushed himself a wee bit more. And that has uh, that's ended up with him running around the coast of New Zealand, running across the US of A in 51 days, uh, which included breaking the record for the fastest time between New York and Los Angeles. Uh, and in September, Perry is going to be running down the length of New Zealand, aiming to break the record and complete that run in 17 days. So I was pretty stoked to uh, have a chat with Perry uh, about his journey um, and about what he does to deal with those uncomfortable situations. Uh, I want to say a quick thanks to Richard McChesney for putting us in touch and doing all that, doing all the hard work there. So besides Perry's story, today we talk about learning to laugh at yourself, asking the question, do I want to live or do I want to die? We talk about hardening the body and hardening the mind, about finding positives in every situation, why exercise is so good for mental well-being, the seemingly impossible becoming more possible, the power of keeping it simple. Uh, and Perry gives me some strategies before the Wu2K ultra marathon that I'm running about preventing and dealing with chafing. So make sure you have your pen out to take notes. I'm just going to take a quick step outside of the normal flow of the episode because today's show is brought to you by the Wellington Low Carbon Challenge. The challenge is a program designed to support growing businesses and folks with ideas to help reduce Wellington's emissions in four key areas of transport, energy, building and waste. They're taking applications for the challenge program now and if successful you'll increase your mentors and connections, build your skill sets, 
and gain access to matched funding to really get your business or idea going. So if you're in or around Wellington and you've got an idea or know someone who has great ideas, then head over to lowcarbonchallenge.nz for more details and to apply. Now, enjoy getting uncomfortable with me and Perry today. Welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Thank you so much for sharing some time with me tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Perry, for those that uh, the listeners that don't know too much about you, can you kind of give us uh, put put Perry Newburn in, into a little bit of context? Where did you Where did you grow up? Where were you born? Um, um, I was I was born Christchurch. So my parents both sports type people. My father that time was an accountant from memory and then he went into teaching probably before I was probably four years old I think it was but yeah born and bred Christchurch lived in Harborough from about four till about ten lived in Pongaray from about ten till about fifteen sixteen then moved back to Christchurch. My father was a secondary school teacher. Um, <laughs> and being a young chap at that point, the bane of my life, we arrived back in Christchurch to start fifth form. I was one of four boys. Um, through, uh, ended up having to go to the same school as my father was teaching at, um, <laughs> which... <laughs> was a bane of my life at the time. Um, whoops, how do I handle this one? But yeah, I mean, that's nothing against my parents or my father. I mean, we're all pretty close. But <laughs> So, grew up, uh, yeah, um, back in Christchurch, um, up to seventh form, first year University of Otago, failed miserably, dropped out. Um, why, did, why did you fail? I grew up as a, why well, I don't know, but I was an extremely shy, low, uh, extremely low confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember, was it for sixth form and at secondary school, the old days when you had to do your speech in front of the class for, in English and whatnot. I remember those days have been too damn scared to, <laughs> to get up and do it. So I'd play up and get myself kicked out of class. Um, instead of having to do it. Okay. So, yeah, that extreme low, yeah, just no confidence at all. Um, I was an extremely good sports person in those days, um, hockey, field hockey, and cricket. Um, yeah, Canterbury Secondary Schools, grew up Hatch Cup Hockey, which is Form 2 and under, um, North Island Day type stuff. And But, yeah, again, um, I remember being captain of... Um, 
Whangarei team at Hatch Cup and we won the tournament and having to give a speech and <laughs> here comes the captain going up and then suddenly just no words to come out. I'm froze totally. Hmm. So you- I did I did deal with a lot of that and I think one way I dealt with it and I dealt with it the wrong way. Um, um, alcohol. Then when I dropped out, I ended up in Australia. Um, the drug addiction happened. Um, on and off for a 16-year battle with heroin addiction, mm. um, which that, almost killed me. <clears throat> was that just kind of an extension of uh, using using alcohol, period? Is that how it got I think it was. I mean, I, yeah. Um, I, I, I was never in that, if you get what I mean, alcoholic or alcohol dependence type stage, but mm. um, I certainly used alcohol as a confidence booster, I suppose, Um and probably made a complete idiot of myself <laughs> several times over, which I, I mean I can look back and laugh at now. But um, that was life as it was, and then the extension from that, um, I suppose, into the drugs, and again the confidence booster, I suppose, in totally the wrong way that um, that I felt during those days. Um, and then of course, once you're totally dependent, then the um, the body screaming out for, you know, the hard drugs. It was um, a battle to get all the time, a battle to keep, just like folks using that term, score um, all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. What were you? And on. Yeah. So that was that was kind of 16, 16 years of your life that you you struggled with with heroin, Perry. What yep. were you? What else were you doing in that time? Was that kind of all-encompassing um, for you? I had a time away from it in the middle stages. I was in the UK for two, three years. I lived there, um, and I was totally drug-free during that whole time. And I actually worked in a drug rehab in Earl's Court, um, and that was a real eye-opener, a real learning process. Um, and I suppose a start in the area of having confidence in myself I probably still had a lot more learning to go from there because I moved back to Australia from there. Um, I had a two-year working holiday visa. And, of course, I stayed for three years, but um, I sent my passport into the Home Office over there for an ex- asking for an extension just before it ran out. And it took them a 10, 10 or 11 months to process it. So, <laughs> of course, I couldn't <laughs> leave the country without my passport. So, in a sense, I got an extra year out of it. Yeah. But yeah, ended up back in Australia and um for the next probably the last six years in Australia, um was yeah, I just fell back to the same habits, went downhill fast and and went through a whole process of ups and downs and battling it and Yeah. And I think at the end, I mean, I was starting to suffer overdoses, not purposeful overdoses, but um you know, if something comes in and it's stronger than what you used to, which you've always got to watch with that street-type drug. Um, yeah, it just knocked me over. And I think the last one that knocked, really knocked me over, and I was lucky someone was there and um, that I survived it, to be quite honest. And really at that point, it became a process of, the question sounds simple now, but at the time, of course, it's, um, it was a lot different. And a simple question: Do I want to live or do I want to do I want to die? Um, 
so I took the, yeah, I want to live and came, came back to New Zealand and started the whole process of rebuilding myself, I suppose, mm. um, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, yeah. How many and times? And from there, I suppose one of the biggest things that helped, I got back into sport, played a bit of hockey, running became a, a bigger part at that point. Um, yeah. Perry, and then meeting for, sorry. How many times did you have to ask, ask yourself that question? Do I want to live or do I want to die? Was um, that just I a once? I had to really repeat it quite a few times in those initial, in that initial year, I suppose. Um, mm. and, and while you can. Between the slip ups and then the get the act together, slip up slightly, get the act together, and then. I think the catalyst was getting back to New Zealand and I had to, in a sense, it was a geographical away from the, I suppose, the drug scene that I knew. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. With that, Perry, do you think it was just asking yourself that question so many times that kind of um, catalyzed you to get back to New Zealand that finally you'd, you'd answer that question enough for yourself or was there I something else there? I think so when you look at it. Um, when I look back, I'd have to say yes. Mm. As, um, as I said, it's, it's a question that sounds so simple, but at the time it's, um, it was a very difficult question. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, a lifestyle I knew and a confidence I knew and, of course, coming off, Drugs and, and the likes, um, doesn't matter whether you're a confidence person, your confidence gets knocked for a six anyway. Mm, um, yeah. So basically, yeah, that, and the old, the old way of saying it, I suppose, rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and once you, once you got back to New Zealand, you mentioned that you, you had to start rebuilding yourself kind of mentally and emotionally and physically. How hard was that? Because I imagine there'd be some there'd be some stuff that you'd been avoiding for quite a while that you couldn't couldn't mask with heroin any longer. Yeah, um, especially that confidence side. Um, I had to become more confident. I had to start looking at myself and say, "Hey, I don't have to be the best person out there. I don't have to be perfect at everything. I don't have to." Um, be this or that, and at the end of the day, I mean, it took time, but um, as long as I'm doing my best on today, today, then I can't do anything more. Mm. Um, and and I think one of the major things for me was um, learning not to look for the difficult answer. Look at the answer that's probably staring you straight in the face all the time. Um, keeping life simple. Um, that's the old story of human human nature. We tend to make life harder for ourselves when we don't actually need to. Yeah, we can keep it as simple as possible. As um, and I think also on the other side, learning to laugh at myself, um, which is a very to me is a very healthy thing. Yeah, it's a very valuable skill to develop. Um, have you always been someone who kind of overanalyzed things, um, and uh, including overanalyzing yourself? Oh, I think so. Yep, yep. Hmm. I probably did it twenty times over, and I still couldn't find the answer. And again, <laughs> it was an answer that maybe was staring me in the face. But um, yeah, yeah. 
you know, it, it, that can't hard. be that simple one. It must be um, something that's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, talk, yeah. You talked about building confidence as well. Um, kind of, were there any tactics or anything that you did in particular that, that helped you build confidence? Um, I think at the end of the day, it was learning to be okay with myself. Mm. And that was probably one of the best tactics out there. As long as I'm okay with myself, um, I can be confident with who I am. Mm. Yeah. And then life can go go on from there. It's, um, I don't have to be friends with every Joe blogs out there, if you get what I mean. Um, I can get on with people. I can get on with people with all walks of from all walks of life. And I think that's probably going through that um, process I went through for that 16 years. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about myself. I learned, um, and I think at the end of the day too, that was a major one. I I mean, I wouldn't recommend anyone going through what I went through or doing what I did. um, But at the end of the day, I did learn one hell of a lot about myself. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm and sure that there are. A, that's yeah. great. There's sure, there are other learn. ways to learn it as well. Oh, of course there are. Yeah, of course there are. Um, cool. So, Perry, you also talked, um, and I kind of want to get into this a little bit more. You talked that when you um, when you came back to New Zealand and you were building yourself back up, that running became a big part of your life. Why did it, like, what, what started that for you? Well, as I said, I was always good at sport. I had that, yeah, um, without the confidence, of course, but I, 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 you know, I was pretty good at it. Um, so once I got back and got back into sport and started going for the odd run, um, I started to feel better. Um, it just cleared the mind. It just, um, it's, you know, if I was having a down day, I, I could go for a run and boy, it just um, got everything out, out of the system. Um, mm. It's a funny thing. Yeah, exercise to me, and it's one thing I did later on, it's one of the, when I ran around New Zealand um, four or five years ago now, and that was one of the messages I was doing that for the Mental Health Foundation. I was also pushing the message that any form of exercise is a huge positive for anyone's mental um, well-being. And it doesn't matter what exercise. I mean, okay, I run and I can run. found out I can technically run long distances. I'm not fast. I'm not slow. Um but I can keep going. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether someone bikes, it doesn't matter whether someone walks, it doesn't matter swim, whatever. It's, um, it is great. And it's the same with young people growing up outdoors, playing with friends and whatnot. That's exercise. It's, um, and again, the positive effect on anyone's mental well-being is huge. Mm, yeah. I I personally find that as well as that, if I'm having if I'm having a down day or if I'm having a tough day or a 
or are a bit stressed out, that actually getting out there and doing some exercise is really beneficial for for clearing my head and for putting things back into perspective. Yeah. Um, yep. Sometimes just kind of even just kind of slowing down my thought processes because you you get to the end of the day sometimes and you're just your mind's just buzzing around everywhere. Yeah, and there's no quite often there's about four or five things going around, 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 and and you're never going to solve any of them because you, the whole lot of there getting cluttered up. Mm, mm. So Perry, I mean, you started out just kind of going going for a couple of runs, um, but what you've got into is is so much more. And for the people that don't know, you've you've done some pretty amazing uh long distance running when did it when did it kind of transition from going out from going for a couple of runs to thinking hey i want to go i want to go longer i want to go further it was um i remember um my wife and i were i i got married sort of two three years after i arrived back in new zealand um and friends of ours, I was living in Wanganui at the time, we were living there, and friends of ours, they were both runners, and I remember talking to them and saying, boy, I'd love to do a half marathon at some stage. Um, at that point, still a marathon was the impossible. Um, I, you know, how can people do it? That was beyond me at that point of time. So... This chap said he he would run with me um, once a week on the weekend and we'd go and do a, a half marathon together. So we went and did it. It wasn't a fast time. It wasn't. <laughs> but I completed it. I completed that half marathon. And, you know, I was quite elated. I was, well, I can do that. I can run a half marathon, an official one. And... It wasn't that long after that. I thought, okay, um, let's just try this impossible. Let's, <laughs> let's see if I can actually do a marathon. So that probably took two years after the half marathon. And I set a goal. I'm going to run a marathon by the time I'm 50. Um, it's only going to be one marathon. I'm never doing any more. I just want to do that one marathon and prove to myself that you know, the marathon is not an impossibility. So another mate of mine who I played hockey with in Wanganui, we, he trained and he said he would do it with me. Um, we set Rotorua as the one, I think it was the 40th running of the Rotorua one. So that'll be 12, 13 years ago, which isn't that long ago. Um, so we trained, went up, and did it and completed it. Um, you know, again, it wasn't a fast, fast time. It was, um, I think it was about four hours ten or something like that. But um, again, I completed the marathon. Um, the impossibility, what I thought was the impossibility. So, and in those days, um, someone suggested, "Why don't you join the Harrier Club?" And I said, "Well, that's for runners. I'm not actually a runner." <laughs> um, <laughs> And it took a while before I could get it around the head. Okay, I ran a marathon, so I'm out there running. Um, therefore, I'm a runner. So, and for me to understand that Harrier clubs and running clubs aren't about 
I suppose, the elite. Um, they're about everyone joining a club and of all speeds, all whatever. So mm. I end up I end up joining, and um, over the next few years, I'll probably do the following year. I only did one that year. The following year, I did about two or three marathons, and I did about five marathons a year after that. Um, and again, they were never fast. I got below the, the four-hour mark. I think probably down to about three fifty. And after about twenty-five marathons, um, I've been watching uh, living in Wanganui, and the Harry Club ran the Martin to Wanganui um, relay, which also had a solo section, and it was sixty-seven k. And one year, I decided, okay, <laughs> let's let's have a go at that, and another challenging. That are trying to do 67k, um, and I trained up, and actually I came off that 67k feeling much better than I had coming off a marathon. Um, maybe I paced myself better. I was never very good at pacing. I'd go at too hard, and then by halfway or 30k, I'd, <laughs> I'd feel like craw- I'd feel like crawling under a tree somewhere. But yeah, um, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I mean, I was, it was fun. I was still having fun. But I was after that sixty-seven k. I thought, wow, this is more fun. Um, this, be, and I think it became a challenge too. How far can the body actually go? How far can my body go? Mm. Yeah, I've that. That's kind of something that goes around in my head as well as sort of what am I? What am I actually? capable of and i think i mean throughout the the steps of your of your journey up until that point one point that you made that i I really resonated with is that it really excites you when you Mm. achieve something that you didn't think was possible so for that first half marathon you thought oh man this is i don't know about this and then you're really excited afterwards, and then yep. you kind of take that take that next step um, and think, "Wow, the marathon that's that's definitely impossible." But I'll I'll give it a crack and I'll see where I get to. And uh, again, you if you build slowly, you, you achieve it. And then mm. obviously, a sixty seven's the the next step up. Um, did you have any kind of particular? way that you that you approached that or you just kind of thought ah this is the next one i'll i'll have a crack and see if i can do it well i, I suppose I was a, at that point still a little bit naive on <laughs> what it required in training i had my training a little bit um and yeah i started to look into it more and i started to read more about ultra runners and and whatnot and started looking. I was coming across, you know, the likes of Lisa Tamati, and mm. who was doing great things, length of New Zealand's and and whatnot. And those little things like length of New Zealand's and whatnot got stuck in my head. Um, they never went, never in a sense went away. You know, I thought, well, it wouldn't be great to be able to do that day after day after day. Um, so, I mean, from that sixty-seven k. It wasn't that long after I was looking on on the internet. I'm um, searching for a hundred k. I thought the next level going to a hundred k from sixty seven, and from September and actually the next hundred k was in February at around the Lake Relay in Taupo. 
they used to have the hundred k there. Yeah. So I actually entered that and up the training a bit more. Um, still not really knowing. Do I need to go out for forty k's or fifty k's or sixty k's? And which I didn't. But um, I went up and actually succeeded at that hundred k um first attempt and. I think it was just under 12, 12 hours. Still nice not work. horribly fast, but I mean, I think 12 hours in the 100K was like breaking the four hours in a in a marathon. Mm. So again, I was totally wrapped when I finished. I mean, next morning I could hardly walk, but <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that and, um, you know, hobbled down the street and whatnot and uh, <laughs> it was around the streets, I always go out for a walk after something like that the next morning. Um, and I enjoyed that. So I think I did two or three hundred Ks and then it became, okay, I've done the hundred K, it must be a hundred miler, has to be next. Mm. So Taranaki became the first, in a sense, it wasn't quite a hundred miler, but it was um, 155 K. It was pretty close in those days. Um so I did that, and actually, um, I think we were only three entered, and one pulled out after about fifty k, and and I ended up being the first time again. It wasn't fast, but it was around twenty one, twenty hours, twenty one, twenty and a half hours, or something like that. And I, I was just wrapped. Again, I, if you'd seen me walk, it wasn't it wasn't a pretty sight afterwards. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um. <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. It's, um, so <clears throat> there's a hundred mile. <coughs> excuse me, I'm just going to have a cough here. Go for it. <clears throat> while I'm while I'm talking, I'm just going to pour out a, a drink. So I've got something to wet my. <laughs> no, not a not a problem. <laughs> wet my mouth. But yeah, um, ta- um, Capo. Although they didn't have a hundred miler there, I actually contacted them and to see if I could. Do the 100 mile that around Lake Tavo coinciding with it. And, um, I've actually done that two or three times now. I think, yeah, two or three times. But, um, after that first one in February, it was only a matter of weeks till the Christchurch earthquake. Mm. And being my, my hometown, I started to think, okay, how can I help raise funds for um, for Christchurch? And I came up with the idea of running um, Auckland Auckland to Christchurch, averaging 70, 70 k's a day, and doing it in fifteen days, and I'm um, seeing how much I could raise, and trying to haul in as many of the running community as possible. Mm. down to join me to <clears throat> push out the message to and again that that became extremely successful um and I think that was a big start for me of raising using some of those long runs like that to raise money for um either a, a need a well-needed um, charity or the likes of Christchurch for the earthquake. I think we raised about 20K um, for Christchurch for awesome. that run, which was brilliant. <clears throat> so 
<clears throat> the point the point is from there it just kept building to be quite honest the um mm. the seemingly impossible i suppose was becoming more possible um i remember getting back from christchurch after i'd finished that run and I suddenly found um the daily blog of Dean Carnassus when he was running across yeah. America. Um, and I followed them. Boy, I thought, boy, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. So again, a seed was sown there, but um, I came up with the idea. I said, okay, what could I do in New Zealand that would be, in a sense, equivalent? So I came up with the idea of running around both islands, um, not quite down down the coastlines and whatnot, but sticking to main roads and... Mm. And whatnot, and um, it worked out to be around the five thousand k mark. Um, again, I was going to over the whole time look at averaging about seventy k per day, but this, this was going to be over seventy days. Yeah. So, and I thought, okay, let's use the Mental Health Foundation New Zealand as the as a charity for this, and um, raise necessary funds for them, and raise raise a profile and. And try and get that taboo word mental health um out in the open and make it not a taboo word. Mm. And again, pushing that process of exercise um on positive well being, person's mental well being. So again, that was um extremely to me was extremely successful. Probably didn't raise that a huge amount of money, but um we raised money which was more you know, than they had in the first place. Um, but I think we got a message across too. Um, yeah. Were you were you interacting with the, all the local communities and things as well? Yeah, we, as much as we about? could. And um, my support driver sometimes would go ahead and if we passed a school, he'd pop in, you know, primary school especially, and say, look, this is what we're doing, runners coming down the road. Um, he would love to pop in and have a quick chat if... Um, you know, in, if you're interested. And yeah. We actually did that quite a few times, um, especially right down south and more in the country type areas too, which mm. I think is much easier. So smaller classes, smaller schools. And, um, yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. I loved doing it. Um, and then, you know, again, it went from there. Um, I think two years after that run, um, the American run came to fruition that seed that was sown and and by that stage um i thought one of the best things and one of the best ways to do it um i'm going to be celebrating my 60th that year so what a way to celebrate your 60th yeah. running across the united states of america and um and in a sense do, trying to do the impossible trying to break a record that had stood for 40 odd years um so I mean that was brilliant. Yeah. What was the what was the record, Perry? The record was forty six days and eight hours or something like that and so many minutes or some and that was had been set by Frank Giannino, I think his name is. Yeah. So And what made you think you could break it? I set out Thinking, you know, I'd love to break, be the fastest master, technically people over 40, I suppose. Um, 
doing the whole thing. And I set a target of doing it initially and for a long time was 50, 50 51 days. Mm-hmm. Um, then I thought, okay, if things go well, then there's a chance, you know, doing an extra 10 K a day or something like that, I'd have a chance of breaking the overall record. So, um, to me, it's about setting a goal, even if it's slightly higher than what might be actually possible. But when I set goals, I tend to, leading up to the process, I'll live them as much as possible. I'll go through every scenario in my head, um, and, and gain, I suppose, keeping that confidence right up there. I can do this. Mm. Um, you know, and I think it's um, learnt lessons from the past, and I think it's it's keeping it simple, definitely, and I keep try and keep things as simple as possible. The more I try and make it too, um, <laughs> over-exaggerate things, it's just putting it um, into a realm of, hey, <laughs> of ridiculousness. But keeping it simple, um, work in a process, and... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't make the 46 days, um, which was okay. I actually did in 51 days in so many hours. But um, at that point, going from across America, um, I think it's still the third, it was the third fastest time at that point, and it's probably the fourth fastest um, still to this day. Yeah. I think it's the fastest time from New York to. LA. Oh, very cool, Perry. I mean, that was that. That's a a pretty massive one. Um, there's obviously a lot of sort of uh, logistics that go into planning something like that as well. Did you need quite a crew with you when you went on that that trip? Um, no, I was very lucky. I joined a group called the Moon Joggers, um, which was set up by two sisters in the States who originally thought they'd challenge each other to run a 1,000 miles each a year. Mm-hmm. And I think it was um, she slowly opened it up to friends and then family and friends and then decided, why don't we just open it up to anyone who's interested around the world and everyone can log the miles they do, and then the total miles of the whole group can be used as, in a sense, virtually running to the moon and back. Yeah. So hence cool. the name of the moon, moon joggers. Um, and brilliant, brilliant group, brilliant concept. Um, it's just everyone, um, giving everyone a, an uplift and advice and friendly advice and having fun. Mm. So I got chatting to the one of the sisters who set it up, Angie, and mentioned my dream of running across the States and mentioned the following year was the 60th. And she said, do you really want to do it? And I said, I'd love to do it. Um, she said, shall we try and raise the money? And I said, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we chatted for a while over a period of time. And then um, the more and more planning, the more chatting we did, the we put, actually put it out there, what I was doing. Um, I'm going to run across the States. I'm going to try and set a record. Um, and we managed to raise between herself and the States and myself over here, managed to raise enough money to do it. I think it was 
around 19k anyway, all yeah. up. It would have cost. Um, but I was lucky that she, okay, she was from the States. I'd never actually met her in person until I arrived in New York. Um, so some parts we just winged it, but she was very good at marketing. She was very good at um, planning the roofs. And we had a general route, but we we at times changed it throughout the day mm. and throughout the weeks. It was a case of necessity of... Um, but everything just fell into place. It was just, um, I had the easy job at times of <laughs> running. Yeah, yeah. And so it's at times 100, 110K, 115K a day at times. I think my overall average was about 94, 95K a day overall. Yeah. Perry, um, how do you train for something like that? Very difficult because you can't train to running 100K a day. Um mm. Especially if you've got a family that's at and, you know, work, some work commitments and everything else. Um, my probably main training, it fell into place because of family commitments. Um, we've, although it's just moved out into residential care, we've had a very high needs, special needs boy um, at home throughout his life. He's 24 now. So the way I worked it was um, I'd go out for an early morning run at about half past five, six in the morning. Mm. Then I'd get home to get him up and shout and dropped off whether it was um, in the special needs class at high school to his um, day centre he attends during the daytime. So I'd drop him off then. I'd get home a quick cup of tea and then I'd go out for another two or three hours. So I was actually doing two runs fairly close together and that worked out to teaching the body to recover quick. Mm. Um, and I do that throughout the week and then Saturday and Sunday became the longer run runs. So I, I was probably averaging close to 200k a week um, leading up to the stage. But what I also did um, in that time was around Manfield Park here, the racing circuit, car racing circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, actually, no, the first year I did a double around Lake Taupo and I set a target of doing twice around in under 48 hours and I did it in about 46 hours, 50 I think it was. Then five weeks later I did a three-day run without sleep around Manfield, 72 <sighs> hours, um, where I reached... 486, my target was 300 miles, and I got yeah. to about 301, I think it was. Um, nice work. And then later in the year, that was about April and October, I did another 72-hour run, but that time I had 20-minute 20 20 power naps um, mm-hmm. every now and again. And I did 504Ks that time, um, and that was really to launch the American run. But it was quite interesting towards the end. Um, I think one of the last laps I was walking around and I, this chap was, who was with me was laughing his head off. And then I looked down and realized what he was laughing at. Um, the white lines on the track, I was actually stepping over them as though they were half a meter off the ground. <laughs> yeah. So it was that little bit of hallucination. I realized what I was doing 
in the end, but I mean, I couldn't stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was God. Yeah, I mean, all I could do was laugh. Yeah, um, oh, brilliant. It was quite amusing. Yeah, I, I was talking to a guy uh, last weekend, and I think he made a he made a really interesting point. When you're going out and you're doing stuff like that, kind of the, one of the biggest things is teaching your mind to be okay with your body being in a bit of pain because yep. it's going to hurt yep. doing that stuff and yep. it's just it's just figuring your mind figuring out and in the stories I mean, that you tell yourself yep. that hey this that's is another right. thing before i go into the any of these runs i expect the expected which is pain soreness tiredness but i also expect the unexpected to happen and that could be anything um it could be the car breaking down. It could be taking a wrong turning at one stage or anything. Um, mm. But when it, you expect the unexpected, when it actually hits, it's not such a biggie. Yeah. It doesn't throw you. Um, and then it's a case of, okay, I just need to work through it. It's um, the same as you, I might be 10 hours into the day and I can hardly walk. Um all I'll do is just sit back and say, okay, I'm just going to make it to that lamppost. Then the next lamppost, and then maybe two lampposts, and then suddenly you're back into running, and then, wow, where'd that come from? Yeah. It's it's just going with the flow sometimes, and that's, to me, is one of the best things you can do. It's, um, I mean, in a, anything from a, Two week run up to a three week, ten week run. There's all, there's always going to be things that happen um, that you cannot plan for, mm. and just expect them to happen at times. Um, yeah, and then you just need to work with it and work around it. As, um, and again, keeping it simple. Don't let it throw you that it's um this is impossible. I can't work through this. I remember once in the it must have been by about the second week in the States. And when I was going through Pennsylvania, um, boy, the hills are just up and down and up and down. It's just nonstop. Um, and more than I really expected. Um, <laughs> I'd always been one, especially around New Zealand, when hills are, in a sense, spread out a bit. Um, you know, when I'm doing a day after day after day, I say, okay, I'm going to walk most of the hills, mm-hmm. and then I'll run the rest because I'm not going to lose much time. I started doing that in the States and after half a day, I thought, boy, if I keep on doing this, I'm going to be here for the next six months, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to start running. But um, after a few days of going up and down, up and down, the quads on my legs were, in a sense, that trash that I, you know, when you bend your knee back mm. and grab your foot to stretch them out, I couldn't even bend my knee back. I couldn't hold, grab my foot. So I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. This carries <laughs> carries on. So what I actually did was I had a, a knee band, just a white knee type knee bandage type thing. Um, I actually pulled it, put it on the leg, and I put it around the calf muscle. Mm-hmm. And the mind suddenly, in a sense, clicked in. Okay, your calf muscle is a bit sore, so you've got that bandage on for your calf muscle. And all thoughts of the quads were forgotten. Mm-hmm. 
And within about two or three days, the quads, of course, came good. That's fascinating. And, you know, that was the right leg. And then, of course, a few days later, the left quads <laughs> went on me, but I knew what to do. It just wasn't a problem. Yeah. Um, it didn't worry me. So it was a case of blocking, tricking the mind, I suppose, blocking the mind out. Um, and that worked really well. Mm, yeah, that's that's a fascinating way to do it, actually. And it's, it's amazing that the power of your mind with that. Perry, oh, the, the mind is huge. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're currently training for a, a, a your next challenge. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, the next challenge, and it's, um, I've always wanted to do it in a sense, is one that I haven't really completed just the length of New Zealand. So Cape Ringer to Bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've looked at it on and off over the last few years thinking, well, this would be great. Um, and again, the overall record for that is by the great Ziggy, Ziggy Bauer. Um, mm. And that was set in about 1974. Five. Um, his time was 18 days, I think it was 18 days, five hours and one minute, um, give or take. Definitely just over that 18 yeah. day period anyway. So I thought, um, I know I can do 100k a day. Um, I averaged 94, 95 and there's quite a few days I did, um, over 100 in, in the States. So, being a shorter period of time, um, I'm going to, you know, I've worked in that I I can do it. It's a challenging total of 120, 125K a day, but I'm technically aiming for 17 days. Mm. Um, so, the dependent thing on that has been able to run through Kaikoura, of course. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping by mid-September that we'll have... Um, We've got people working on being able to, who work down there on the Kaikoura roads and whatnot, um, or on the rebuild and whatnot, who hopefully will be able to get in and enable us, even if I can run through and the van has to go around the long way. Mm. Um, there's a long way, adds an extra 120k, 100, or over 100k onto the run, which would technically mean instead of 17, 18. Yeah. But this way is, um, yeah, I'm aiming for 17, so I'm I'm confident. Yeah, I know it's a challenging, but I'm confident and it's doable. Um, so I've been again in the last 10 weeks. Um, there's 10 weeks to go. Actually, this time in about 10 weeks this weekend, we'll be travelling up to Cape Ringa to start on the Monday. So start date's 4th of September. Fantastic. I had a um... and also running for a charity also, and I'm running for the one of, one of the ones I used in the states, Kodo Care Kids, um, which is based out of Auckland, but they cover the country in a sense, and they send a group of young children who young kids who, in a sense, have drawn that short straw in life um, with illnesses, um, cancer, whatever, and they take them for a two week trip, a trip of their lifetime. Um, to California, the likes of Disneyland, Disneyland and whatnot. Oh, fantastic! So, so to me, it's awesome. It's um, yeah, yeah, it's a very worthy cause. But yeah, at this point, it's um, my training in the last of probably just coming. This is my ninth or tenth week of averaging between 
200 and 280 k a week. So the the body's actually been really good with it, settling into it. And um, although it's not easy some mornings, as you can imagine, this time mm. of year, getting out at um, half past five in the morning, it's, um, it's a necessity and it's... Um, it's also hardening the the mind again. Yeah. To the fact, okay, you're going out, you're doing it. Um, so yeah, training's going well, the planning's going well. It's um, and everything sort of is starting to fall into place. There's a Facebook page up, which is the length of New Zealand seventeen days. So that's um, and that's the one I think. Did you message me on that? You, I you did, did, I did. I'll, I'll pop a yeah. link to that and um, also to the charity in the in the notes for, your, uh, for this episode as well yeah. so that and people that's can good, find it's that. It's under give a, give a Little, the charity. Oh, excellent. So Length New Zealand 17 Day is running for Kuro Care. Fantastic. I'll put some, put some links up for that. Perry, what do you, now what do, do you look for in a challenge? Um, it's pushing, definitely pushing the body. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, pu- and pushing the mind. It's, um, I know I can go out there and do 70 Ks a day, day after day. Um, to me, that's not, it wouldn't be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can inspire, just also inspire one person to look and say, well, he's had that sort of lifestyle in the past. He's had his ups and downs. Um, I can get out and do the same thing. And I, I'm a firm believer that anyone within reason can do what I'm doing. As I'm, you know, I always say I'm nothing special. I train hard. I, I, I work harder once I've made a decision to do something. And, mm. and then I give it my best. Um, and then, you know, and always confident that I can achieve what I'm, I've set out to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think I, I would succeed that to me would be a waste of time um, so I've lost track of where I was going actually on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's alright that's alright mate um, yeah so I mean it, it, you've come a long way from being someone that was going to be challenged by that first half marathon to being almost overly comfortable with running 70Ks a day now and <laughs> thinking, well, I need yeah. something a little bit I know, bit, as, stupid, bit as stupid as that sounds. It's, um, yeah. You know, I say to people sometimes, as stupid as this, this sounds, but um, one day I'll drop back and just do marathons. And from one who 15 years ago thought running a marathon was impossible, um <laughs> I'll make statements like that, but I, I say it with a laugh if you get what I mean and yeah. I, and not being disrespectful to anyone because I certainly know the challenges of doing something like that and the challenges of um, believing that you can do it, mm. getting to the point of believing you can do it. And I think that's the most important is having belief in yourself. And yeah. something, as I said, I struggled when I was a young person. I think... Um, I mean, having a child grow up with um, a, a very rare chromosomal abnormality um, and the challenges that go with that, and that's, that's been a huge learning process. And, you know, we've been taught one heck of a lot. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think with anything that you that you go through, it's uh, it's always a learning process for yourself. It is, and you. I think any time, and there's probably times, you know, when I've set out to do things, and I suppose in a sense failed, but I don't call them failures because that's to me is looking on the negative of things. To me, it's um, no matter how negative or hard or whatever something looks, you can always find the positive in something. Mm. And to me, out of that is okay. What have I actually learned from going through, you know, what I've done yeah. or what I didn't quite make? And often, you know, the amount of learning you can do is huge. It's um, so okay. I went about this that the wrong way. I could have actually slightly adjusted it one little bit, and it would have made the huge difference. Yeah, Perry, you know, do you have an example things. of that? That's a very different. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've probably got a hundred different examples off the top of my head. I can't actually think of one, but um, I suppose. I mean, okay, if I was aiming for the forty-six days in America, um, I didn't make the forty-six days. I'll just use that as an example. Mm. Um, I know I can still do it another forty-six days. Um, I learned some valuable lessons from that. Um, my planning on the start of the run for starters was probably slightly off. I was expecting that to be the start of autumn. But the states work on that summer solstice, that 20th of the month type thing. And, of course, the first two or three weeks running out of New York, I started to be um, – I was in temperatures of 90, 95 degrees easy at times. And that was coming straight from winter here. So that affected me bad. I didn't probably spend enough time acclimatizing. So mm. there were simple things like that that um and they were all simple things that made a difference. Yeah, that you'd go back. Or could have and... made a difference. But that I was okay with um you know, I wouldn't def I would definitely not call that run a failure at oh. all because I didn't make the forty six days. But um it's to me it was um it was an achievement in itself for me. Mm. Um, I was wrapped at it, and you know, again, the people I met were huge. I said many a time in that run, and some of the videos that are still on the Facebook page. If you've seen the Facebook page, it's still up. The uh, Perry's Run America in Forty Six Days, I think it was called. There's a ton of videos on that. Um, you know, it's just the awesomeness of people. Um, if anyone was struggling with humanity at any stage, um, they just needed to spend two or three days on the road with me and their opinion would be totally changed. I mean, that was, you know, just blew me away at times. Yeah. Perry, what's the what's the biggest lesson that running has taught you? Um, and are you still learning lessons from it? I think one of the best, best things I've always learned from running is, um, again, the positive effect on the mental well-being. Mm. Um, and I'm, I keep learning. Um, I'm a firm believer the day I stop learning is a day <laughs> I'll dig my own hole. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not prepared, to, prepared to do that for a long time yet. Um, I've still got plenty of running and plenty of time to enjoy life. Um from now on, I mean, I go from this run length of New Zealand, then I plan to do at least a 100 miler in 
Taranaki in beginning of November. Then I'll be heading to Phoenix at the end of the year, Arizona, to do um, the six-day race um, across the years. Yeah. So that's a six-day non-stop around a one-mile loop. So it's just keep on, you know, sometimes it's about keep on with a balance, keeping on enjoying life, do the things you enjoy doing. Um, you can actually waste so much time in life. It's like, um, uh, there's so many different examples I could probably use and some of them probably might offend people and I'm not about to do, do <laughs> go that. For, go for it, Perry. The, the theme of the podcast is uncomfortable. You know, it's just, we need to keep on enjoying life. We need to keep on, family is important. Um, you can waste so much time working and trying to build, I suppose, the material life things um, in life and that you're not, you'd end up not enjoying life. You miss out on so much. Um, so it's getting out there enjoying life. It's being happy with yourself. And I think that's another big lesson I've learned with running is um, being okay with yourself and, you know, running's the same as life. It's... um. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your not so good days, but um, that's life. Mm. Um, don't fret on it. It's, uh, you can always say, "Well, I did the best on that day that I could on that day." Yeah. And what more? What more can you ask? It's um, yeah. It's learn from learn from it and move ahead. It's um, and, I mean, another great lesson I think I've always learned is never dwell on the past. I mean, I can look back on my life. I mean, I was. Well, that's why I was very good at school. I was a bright student. I was always bright. Um, I had a very good upbringing. But I went to pieces and that, I, you know, a lot of that self-esteem, self, lack of self-confidence. I actually um, finished degrees later in life. Um, I'm very proud to have a son who's, you know, he's high special needs, but he's, Survived till he's 24 now, he's, and he's still surviving. He's um, so it's the joys of life. They, you know, life's going to throw sticky things at us at, at times. Some um, don't fight it; just don't go with the flow. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> Keep, that's very you cool. know. So there's probably lots, so many lessons that some, um, and I went through. I mean, I. I I suppose, in a sense, I gave back. I worked in the drug alcohol field and rehab for a good 15 years at least. Um, and I enjoyed that giving back. I enjoyed um, working in the prisons, you know, running groups in the prisons and whatnot. It's, um, and to me, it's about giving back. And it's, um, I can only, I can't tell a person what, what to do. I can only tell a person what it did to me and the effect things had on me and how I went about um, changing that. And and then it becomes a person's choice what they do after that. Mm, I think you're right there. I mean, it, it, that's a, a nice metaphor for life as well, is that you, you can never tell anyone how to, to live their life no. or what to do. You can only kind of tell them what you've done and then it's up to them to to figure it out and figure out the best way for themselves. Exactly. And I think it's helping people get the information. Then they can make informed choices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Perry, what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it? <laughs> I actually looked at that question uh, and, you know, I battled to find an answer, to be quite honest. It's, yeah. um, I suppose a difficult thing, and this is going right back, um, deciding at the end of the day I'm going to live and I'm going to survive and I'm going to enjoy life. Mm. Um, I won't say, I won't call living a failure up to that point because I think that was important. I mean, the things I learned from those processes in life was um, immense, but um, I've attempted lots of things. Um, what have I attempted? That I've, I mean, I've failed at lots of things, but I've always learned from it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and to be quite honest, I can't think of one off the top of my head. That's, I know that's crazy, but there's... Probably too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good, mate. That's good. What's the um, What's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do, and why is that uncomfortable for you? Well, using running as the example, I mean, it's it's not going to be. I know it's not going to be comfortable um, running 120, 125 k's a day, day after day. Mm. But again, I'm looking forward to the challenge, and I think that comes across is right across life with any uncomfortable thing it's okay this is a bit of a challenge how am I going to work my way around this or through this or and get to the other end of it it's, um, and again using the New Zealand run I mean I'm as much as I can in my living days I'm I'm living it I'm living everything about it and keep but keeping the balance also between as much as I can between home life and yeah yeah no, so I don't actually cool. annoy my good wife too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important point as well, mate. Perry, um, I've got I've got one more question for you, mate. Um, but I just want to say thank you very much for for sharing your time with me tonight. It's been fantastic to speak with you, but also thank you very much for for being a a living example of what it's possible to achieve if you if you put your mind to it if you plan and if you if you build up slowly um mm. and and thank you for for getting excited about every every new challenge on the way as well and and seeking actively seeking them out it's it's very inspirational i think you need to some in life again there's a balance but it's um it's, I love it. I love the challenge. Yeah, cool. Um, Actually, Perry, I, I lied. I have two more questions for you. The first <laughs> one, the, and we'll send everyone over to uh, to all the links that, that you have as well. Um, the first question is, how do you deal with chafing when you're running? <laughs> Very difficult. Um, I think it's... Definitely having plenty of Vaseline or petroleum jelly or whatever you can have. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Um, and I think sometimes, especially if you're running through wet weather, it's ensuring that you have change, you know, changes of yeah. clothes. Um, because if you run in wet gear for too long, it's not going to be very pleasant. No, no, okay. Valuable. Very nasty. Yeah. All right. Now, a slightly more serious question for you. Do you have any uh, any other advice or any challenges to leave me and the listeners with tonight? 
I think one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest um, things you can do is, of life with running with exercise is got to be fun. So the next time you go out and do something, ensure it is fun, even if it's one of the most challenging things you've ever done, ensure that it is fun. Yeah. Cool. So uh, to me, that is um, number one because if you're not having fun, you won't you won't do it. If you won't, don't enjoy it, then you're not going to your chances of achieving something are, are getting less and less. Mm. So uh, to me, that is one of the biggest challenges: having fun, enjoying it, um, and then learning to accept that bit of pain that goes with it. Someone once asked me a question, what would you tell a runner if they were just starting out running? And to me is, um, have a fun and get back from that first one or two runs and feel as though you have done nothing at all because that means the next day you're going to go out and do it again. I think that's a great note to finish up on, Perry. Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today. <laughs> My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. There you have it team, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Perry today. Um, one of the quotes that I loved from him was, how the seemingly impossible became more possible. I think uh, for me definitely, there's a lot of stuff that I think, oh man that is just so outside of what I'm capable of, um, whereas what I should be thinking is that's outside of what I'm capable of right now but if I'm like Perry and I kind of slowly push myself and push myself to to find what I'm capable of um, and where I can get to then I would imagine that pretty soon that thing that I think is too hard for me is soon going to become too easy for me. So that was one of my big takeaways from from Perry uh, I hope you guys got a whole lot too. I'm sure that you did. I want to take a second to say thanks for the Wellington Low Carbon Challenge to for bringing today's episode to you guys. Now, if you're a, a business aimed at reducing carbon emissions in Wellington or if you have great ideas around that, make sure that you head over to lowcarbonchallenge.nz for more details and to apply for the program. I want to take a second to say thank you as always to my amazing brother Jeremy Desmond for putting together the Wicked theme music. Um, the show would be nothing without it. Uh, and as always I want to say thanks to you guys as well for taking the time to get uncomfortable with me and Perry today.
Thank you.